So hello, welcome back to the Traders Improve podcast. Uh, my name is Rolf and we are here with Moritz again. Hello, Moritz. Hi. And today we want to talk about strategy development. How do you develop a new strategy? Why you should do this? Swing trading versus day trading and many, many more things. But first of all, because we always have so many new listeners, I just thought we'd do a quick intro. Um, just a quick one who they, so you know who you're listening to. Mm-hmm. And then we'll get right into the topics. Sure. So yeah, I'm Moritz and I'm a Forex day trader. I've uh, been trading for roughly 10 years now. Before that, I was a professional poker player. And right now I still live in Germany, hopefully soon in Hong Kong. Yeah. yeah, and my name is Rolf, and together we also do trade site in edgewonk.com. And I've been trading for like 12 or 13 years now, mostly Forex, not on the lower time frames, but anywhere between the daily and like the 30 minute. And yep, mostly price action, little bit indicators. And yeah, as you still in the transition phase currently in Germany, but hopefully being able to move to Thailand very, very soon. <laughs> And uh, let's get into this. This is something, a topic, um, uh, because I thought this is very relevant to what you're doing currently, and I think many traders can benefit from it. You mm-hmm. are developing new strategies um, very frequently, actually, but most yep. recently you just um, have a new one. And I thought we'd talk about strategy development. First of all, what is the purpose of developing a new strategy? Why Why do you do it? Um, okay, so obviously if you are not profitable yet, then... <laughs> The purpose of developing a new strategy is to have a strategy that works. <laughs> but if you already have working strategies, then the purpose is, of course, to diversify and, and uh, both um, from a, a market standpoint and also from a psychological standpoint. Uh, some days I just uh, don't feel like uh, day trading, but there might be a great swing opportunity uh, available. And some days I might really feel like day trading, so I want to get into the nitty-gritty of the market and just take money out of it, in, and I don't want to have any overnight risk. Additionally to that, um, it serves different purposes, because my swing trading um, has completely different uh, dynamics and also performance metrics than my day trading. So, for example, when we are going to launch the fund next year or in the next two years in Hong Kong, I don't want to keep any overnight risk, for example. And for that purpose, I developed a strategy which allows me to close down the trades um, before I leave the office so that I can sleep and not get a heart attack after five years. <laughs> so <laughs> so developing different strategies is also a passion of mine. I really enjoy it um, because, to be honest, uh, trading itself becomes uh, quite the routine and it also becomes a bit uh, boring after a while. Uh, when you're doing the same over and over and over again. And um, it, there's also this trap of falling into the, um, yeah, just the everyday autopilot trap where your performance then diminishes. And I found for myself that when I switch through strategies uh, frequently and I need to um, really make my brain work harder, that it really helps my performance as well. Um, plus, of course, uh, you also learn for your other strategies as well. There will be some elements that you can then apply to other strategies. And it's just overall, it's a great hobby and uh, it brings great money. So, Right. Yeah, there's so many great points. Um, I think the synergy effects that you learn something that you can implement in other strategies often very overlooked. 
Yeah. But also, like um, Dr. Steenbarger said in the interview that we did with him, the curiosity part, I think mm -hmm. it's very, very important in in the long-term development. Also, it shows that you are still passionate about trading and there are things that you want to explore. So I think this is, because many traders, as you said, they said oh, they experienced that trading becomes boring at one point. And yep. then this is a good way to do something productive um, and uh, even grow as a trader. The mm -hmm. problem that I see, or not a problem, something very interesting that I see in our masterclass because you're teaching the day trading strategy now there as well is that um, before the trading was not really swing trading, but it's like medium swing trading. It was yeah. trading, holding trades for a few days maximum, usually one or two days max. But many traders said that this is very, very different for the mindset, the day trading, and they feel often very exhausted. So I think it's very important for, especially if you have a nine to five job, to also understand the limits of um, or the challenges of day trading. Oh, for sure, uh, the, it's a completely different game, in my opinion. Um, also, for swing trading, you can force yourself. You can really force yourself to trade a strategy, even if it doesn't fit your personality, in my opinion, because there are so few decisions uh, to be made over a longer period of time. So even if you think like, okay, I don't really like trading the strategy, it doesn't really fit me, but uh, you can still make it work. And for day trading, it's just, it doesn't work at all. If the strategy doesn't fit your personality and your style, it, you will never make it work because there are so many decisions to be made in such a short amount of time. You're going to be focusing three, four hours exclusively on the screens. Um, no, no music, nothing. You turn off the phone, the messages, everything. You only look at the charts and maybe you make, um, you take maybe six to 10 trades in a session. But the way I trade, for example, you look at 28 pairs at the same time, all the matches in Forex. And then also every five minutes, so I trade on a five minutes chart, um, there will be a new candle. So that's 28 times five, that's 140, um, no, 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 28 times uh, 12, because there are 12 five minute candles in an hour, and then times three. So that's like, I don't know. A lot of decisions you have to make in one day to not take a trade, right? Because every candle is a potential trade. Right. And then out of those thousands of decisions you have to make, maybe six or five or six candles um, fit your criteria and you take the trade. So it's a completely different mindset, a completely different challenge for your brain, for your focus. Um, it's just a different game, totally different game, right? Right. I think also because I recently read about it again, uh, decision fatigue is something that is very important here. Yeah. How or when do you schedule your day trading session? Do you do it in the morning? Then you have to estimate if you can already think on a high level in the morning or mm -hmm. do you do it after work? And can you still perform at a good level after having um, having been working for eight or ten hours? Yeah, 100%. Um, for me, the uh, exercise that we learned from Van Tharp is invaluable here, the uh, board meeting, <laughs> where you basically meet with all the members of your imaginary board and you ask them, are you ready for trading? For example, this morning, I didn't really feel like trading. Like I know that uh, Friday morning we have a lot of calls and um, I still had so many emails uh, to do. I still have uh, some other things to do for our company in Hong Kong and I woke up this morning and it immediately all these thoughts rushed into my mind 
And I knew that I wouldn't be able to day trade today. So I'm just letting it be. And uh, maybe I will take a look at the New York session because now I got some things done and I feel my, my mind has been cleared. So I might, after the, after we uh, finish this podcast, I will look at the US session. Yeah. So you really have to know yourself. Right. Do you see any common theme among our students? Do they prefer to trade in the morning or, or the night or do they mix it uh, up? I think um, they want to trade as much as possible. <laughs> so <laughs> I always recommend them to only trade one session. You either trade the London Open or the New York Open. And by open, I mean the first three to four hours after the open. And um, But I think most of them, they want to trade both sessions if they could. But of course, some of them have a day job and they can't do it or they have other um, uh, responsibilities. Yeah. Right. Then what is, in your opinion, how do you go about learning a new strategy? Uh, there's a difference, I think, between developing a strategy, which I want to talk about as well. How do you go about it? But when yeah. a new trader is in such an environment like the masterclass, how do you learn a new strategy in the best way? Well, if, if you have a mentor like uh, us, um, I think the best way to do it is, of course, firstly to listen <laughs> to what we say and really dissect it, what we say. Because sometimes uh, we as teachers, we also say things that we understand uh, from our minds, but it might sound completely different to someone else. So you really have to learn how to learn, of course, first and how to interact with your teachers. Obviously, ask tons of questions if any, anything is unclear. Uh, that's why we are here in the end. And then um, really listen and watch the videos and the webinars two, three, four times because that's the way the brain works, that uh, you learn a little bit. And then with the new understanding, you watch it again, you will learn something new again and so on. So the, that's how I do it usually when I learn something from someone else. And then, of course, if you completely immerse yourself in the material, it will go much faster. And, um, of course, you should also have breaks to let your brain grow. Um, but, yeah, ultimately, it's all about being proactive. So you cannot just watch the webinar and then go to your charts and start trading. I mean, that's not going to work like that. You have to really understand 100% what you are doing, then um, write a trading plan, a very short one, maybe just one page, and then you can uh, work with that. I think that's the best way. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think in the beginning, a lot is about also about pattern recognition. Yeah. So once, as you said, write a trading plan, which can also be a checklist, unless, or get two or three screenshots from the the best trades that were explained to you. Try to mm -hmm. really see what they have in common. Then that's go maybe point, through yeah. your last, maybe go through your last month or two of any price action data and just try to find the patterns. Uh, mm -hmm. Then take screenshots from them and see what, what price uh, does around your patterns. I think that's good for pattern recognition. But as you said, proactive. I think it's really obvious to see the pe the people who really engage and ask questions are usually ones that see the biggest progress. And they're people yes. who show up every day and ask questions every day. And sometimes people like to learn for themselves. And then every few weeks they come and send us a, a big catalog of questions with everything that has um, has come up in the meantime. So I think it's important that um, you understand what type of learner you are, um, even if you're in a learning environment where different learning styles are 
are being practiced. But yeah, reach out and always be proactive. I think that's really, really important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. When, oh no, let's talk about how you go about developing a strategy. That is really interesting. How do you start when you want to start from scratch or how do you, how do you go about it? Do you look for in forums or what do you do? Uh, well, I'm, I have the opinion that you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Right. So. You simply go to a public forum or you go to um, ask your friends. Maybe they have a trading cell that you always wanted to explore or you buy a book or you really uh, buy a course which is not too expensive. There are many trading courses out there where you can buy a good strategy for like 50, 100 bucks or so. And uh, then you take a look at those templates um, and you can use them as the base for your own strategy, for example. Um, or you go about it in the other way is first you think about what do I want to achieve actually? What are the objectives of the strategy that I want to build? So I want to trade only one hour in the morning, for example. Um, I want to make 20% per year. I want to trade on the daily time frame, stuff like that. So th those are all the requirements that the strategy has to have and then you go about building that strategy around that so that's also another possibility to do it um, typically what I do I have a very clear picture in mind of the strategy that I want to have in the in the end which is trend following for example for the day trading strategy now trend following I wanted to be flexible I wanted to work on all forex markets the majors at least um, I want it to be so flexible that I can trade it either in the London or the New York session. Um, I want it to generate a returns of at least um, 5 5% per month. I want to have trades almost every session um, for active day trading. I want to trade per day. And those are, for example, the objectives that I have for the strategy. And then I go to my charts and, um, for example, I go to a Euro-Yen chart and I try to apply the principles that I already know from trend following and see what I can make of it. And then you apply maybe a moving average and see what happens every time breaks the moving average um, after the London Open, what happens. And you try to take it from there. Right. So but, it's just <clears throat> try a lot of try and error, but you have to know what you want first. Right. right. And uh, there's a lot about um, observing, I guess, not not really trading in the beginning. I guess you want to see patterns and observe specific mm -hmm. things. And um, I think that is more about because many people will go just about they find something and then they trade it right away. But I don't think this is the, yeah. the right approach since you need to find what tools you want to use, um, how they fit together, the settings and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of demo trading when I'm creating a new strategy um, to get used to the tools and also to test various ideas. I don't do any backtesting anymore. I've given up completely on backtesting. I simply, especially for the day trading strategies, you can demo trade a strategy for one week. You have maybe 30 to 50 trades. You already know what's what's going on right so you don't really need to back test and so I simply forward test the day trading strategies and um, test the tools and everything and then 
when I feel comfortable, I immediately switch to live trading with a um, very small risk, like 0.2% per trade. Right. right. But um, you still record your trades even though you demo trade and you journal or how do you analyze them? Uh, basically, I use the importer function for Edgewonk, um, for MetaTrader 4, and I import the trades there and I add some custom stats, not too much, just a few um, stats, for example, was this trade open during London or Asian session or New York session, just some meta stats. And then much more important for me at the mom moment of strategy development is the um, visual cues. So I take screenshots of every trade and then I try to figure out what exactly it is that um, distinguishes the good from the bad trades. So it's 100% pattern recognition. Right. And I think the journaling, what you said, goal-oriented journaling is really important. In Edgewonk, you can track so much stuff. You can input so many price things. But you always have to think about, okay, what are you trying to achieve right now? And you, when you're just working on maybe reducing drawdowns or maybe you want to see, you want to track how much the price is going against you and maybe look at your stop-loss placement or your trade management, you don't need to track a whole lot of custom stats or other things. So, yeah, improving the journaling process is, I think, really important because mm -hmm. in the end, journaling is not something that most people enjoy. It's not the most enjoyable um, thing you can do. But the shorter you make it, the more results or the easier you can also use Edgewonk. And I think that's really, really important. When it comes mm -hmm. to um, measuring performance, what are you looking for? You're looking for... Or when you uh, just um, analyze and um, determine if the strategy is worthwhile, do you look for drawdowns, losing streaks? Um, what do you look for? Uh, yep. So the most important factor for me is simply the return versus drawdown. So if in the month I make, uh, for example, I make uh, 5%, but my drawdown was 15% at one point, I'm not going to trade that strategy ever. But if I make 5% and my drawdown was 0.5%, for example, it looks pretty good. Um, so at least I want to have at least a 2 to 1 return drawdown ratio. So 10% return, 5% drawdown is acceptable. It's not optimal, but it's good. Mm -hmm. It's okay. And um, then I also look at, of course, the um, the average winner versus the average loser. How big are how what I... I want my average winner to be at least as big as the average loser. Optimally, it's bigger, uh, but one-to-one -one ratio is still okay for me. Uh, I can handle it psychologically. And then, of course, the win rate as well, because those two factors, they really, um, they really dictate what position sizing I can apply to the strategy. So the higher my win rate, the more aggressive I can be with my position sizing. Because the higher the win rate, the lower your standard deviation will be and the closer you will be to your actual win rate and the lower variance you will have in your performance. Right. right. So that means that means basically that if you have an 80% win rate with a one-to-one, -one, you can be much more aggressive with your position sizing than if you have a 40% win rate with a three-to-one. Uh, so yeah, that... Then that those are the three things that I look at. So return to drawdown ratio, uh, winner size versus loser size, and win rate. Right. And I guess in the beginning you said um, when you talked about the objectives you want your strategy to have, you said you want to make like 50% a year. Mm 
And I think all of those things that you just said, position size, return to drawdown, they need to go into that equation. You're not, mm-hmm. there's not only position size um, that is, uh, but because most traders, how they go about it, they just increase or decrease the position size. But a lot of things have to go into this. You have to consider, okay, I want to make 50%. What was the return to drawdown? Am I willing to accept that drawdown during a certain period? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, yeah. And that's something that's really, really important, obviously, more important or just as important, I guess, as what time frame is it? How does it fit otherwise to your thinking? Because how you deal with uh, losing streaks and drawdowns in general would dictate how you approach your trading strategy. Mm-hmm. 100%. And your objectives that you want to reach at the end of the year, they have all everything to do with your position sizing. They have nothing to do with the strategy itself. So that what you want to achieve uh, performance-wise is dictated by your position sizing. And what position sizing you can deploy is dictated by your strategy. So that's really important to understand because you can tweak every strategy to give you the returns that you want as long as you can deal with the drawdowns. Right. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, so I guess that the, the routine for you has changed quite a bit. What is yeah. a, what is a, as a last question, maybe what is a regular routine of a, of a day trader? How does it look when you do your watch list and prepare, analyze, journal? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so for day trading, obviously you have a lot more trades than with swing trading and you cannot journal while you trade. So basically in the morning, um, you need to have a clear mind before you go to the charts. So typically what I do in the morning is that I stop reading emails and everything. I just close everything. I don't even open anything before I open the markets. And I only trade. And uh, when that is done, then I will go to the other tasks of my day. Typically, um, I only journal on the weekend. I don't even journal in the evening because um, <clears throat> I'm, to be to be honest, I'm really exhausted in the evening, and it wouldn't make any sense to review my trades. So I have a trading stop, of course. If I am down five hour for the session, I will stop trading, um, but I will still come back the next day. So. If I risk 0.2% per trade, it's only 1% drawdown. It's not the end of the world. I can easily come back the next day without being devastated or having a sleepless night. Right? Um, so, so yeah, the journaling routine has completely shifted to the weekend. Uh, my morning routine has completely shifted from waking up, doing my emails, and then looking at the markets to wake up. Um, do some workout uh, routine and then go to the charts straight away. So that's super important as well. And then the routine itself while I'm trading is turn everything off, except for maybe music, but you need to have a playlist before that. So you don't have to click around in your Spotify while you are trading. And turn off the messengers, turn off email, turn off your phone, close your door, and want to focus 100% on the charts. And um, yeah, on the weekend is where all my development happens as a trader. So my review and my um, analysis of my performance, um, yeah, stuff like that. So, right. And this shows again, it's really important to understand your your personal situation if you can even do the day trading lifestyle. It's yeah. often not about what people want, but can you actually do it? Is it is it reasonable to expect 
that you keep up the routine, even though you have kids and a job and a wife and hobbies. Mm-hmm. So it's a, yeah. it's a big decision to make as a trader and something that many traders overlook. They go around, look for a strategy, and then they apply it without thinking how it fits into your daily life or routine. Right. So I think this was really, really interesting. Um, thank you for letting me pick your brain about this. And in a few weeks, once we have done our move, we will have other traders as well back on our podcast. Um, yeah. Until then, we will do those maybe every every now and then. And if you're interested, let me know the comments or the questions for our future future podcasts. What would you like us to talk about? Thank you, Moritz, for um, spending your time with me. And until the next Always. one. Yeah. Bye-bye. So...